Hello, and welcome to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. Hello, listeners, and thank you for tuning in again to What the Folklore, Making Sense of Senseless Tales. This is our eighth, ninth, ninth episode. We're so close. <laughs> oh, I was really. You guys close. are always one behind. We've edited seven. We've put up seven. Yes. So I was, I was close. Well, thank you for listening, regardless of which episode this is. Go back and listen to a few of the other ones if you haven't yet. Count them up for us, because we can't. Yeah. Uh, so who are we, and what do we do? Who is your father, and what does he do? I'm what? Is <laughs> a kindergarten cop quote for everybody. What? <laughs> yep. Thanks. For that. You can thank Arnold Schwarzenegger. I will not. It does not surprise me you've watched that movie, though. A few times. A few. Okay. <laughs> Voluntarily? Yeah. It's a good movie. It's not a Tuma. There we go. That's quote two. <laughs> also, thank you. Uh, I'm I'm Gordy. I'm a writer. I'm a filmmaker. I am more recently a, a story designer for a video game. I'm Carmen. I'm a writer and an artist. And more recently, a Chinese food eater again. <laughs> Everybody's a Chinese food eater. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and I am Tyler. I'm an animator. And I am going to be the storyteller this evening. Just got Shyamalan. Yeah. We're All gonna, of you. It's a twist. We're going to switch things up this evening. Yeah, it's been a kind of a crazy couple of weeks for me. I have looked up a lot of folk tales, and they've all been really good. I've read a lot of wonderful fairy tales. They do not work for this podcast. Yeah, which, which is unfortunate, because the more we enjoy ourselves when we read something, usually means the less it works in with the podcast. It's kind of weird. Seems like as you leave Europe, things start to make more sense. <laughs> things get brighter. A lot of other cultures just have it together. Yeah, yeah. everyone gets names. <laughs> the stories are visually compelling, and yeah. despite of being made of words, I have a lot of cool new art ideas to eventually get to. They tell concise stories that make sense. Yeah, they're all short. They don't have eight plot lines trying to bang up <laughs> into say, each other. Real plot. More or less. <laughs> Morals. Yeah. Tyler's giving me a bit of a break this week. Yeah, instead we're going to be doing, instead of fairy tales, we're going to be doing a bit of mythology. Uh, mostly because Gordy and I keep talking about Dragon Ball uh, when we when we do these and we get together. Uh, I decided to bring to the table uh, the first chapter of the Journey West to teach these knuckleheads about the uh, the Chinese Monkey King, which was where a lot of the basis for Dragon Ball came from. And uh, neither of them have heard this, so I figured I would I'd bring it forward. Yeah, if you if you are listening to this for the first time or you don't know how this works, uh, we are trying to take a look at some stranger fairy tales that make a little bit less sense and have weirder plot structures and don't have morals that are as clear as, say, Aesop's fables. This week, Tyler's going to be the storyteller, so Carmen and I have not heard this story before. We are getting it fresh, just like you are. We will be doing chapter one of 100. It doesn't have a decisive ending. It's very much a to-be-continued, but 
There are there are points that are worth discussing. I think our, so. um, our our goal is usually to try to make sense of these, or just figure out why we keep telling these stories, or why we wrote them down, or why they were preserved, and maybe just suggest some of our own edits to make them make a little bit more sense. Uh, some some need more help than others, so I guess we'll find out how together the Chinese are. But sometimes we interpret making sense as casting. <laughs> Let's talk about movies. Sometimes. <laughs> One man's sense is another man's multi-million dollar motion picture. Amazing, amazing movie pitch. Yeah. Please, Harvey Weinstein, call me right now. When you got time. Yeah, in between. I don't know what they're doing right now. I don't know what the Weinstein company's up to, but... They haven't got back to you. That's all you want to make a boatload of money off of a weird we, fairy tale. We can't help you, WTFolklore but... at gmail.com. <laughs> got, some, got some ideas. Well, shall we begin? Let's do this. I said tonight we are reading from the first chapter of the journey west which was a novel by wu cheng en about i forget how many but a few centuries ago we are reading from a uh, translation from 2005 by collinson fair this does not probably does not have an arn thompson classification does it i don't imagine that it would okay so in this case we usually try to give it one or we just make something up right usually we make something up we're not real folklorists. We just no, wear we, the hat. No one, no one has given us permission to do that. We're not licensed to give anything in Arn Thompson classification. We're, we're basically the TV doctor on the infomercials. We put on the lab coats so that we're more we're, trustworthy. We're Judge Judy. <laughs> we're snake oil salesmen. <laughs> basically. Yeah, if you want to. <laughs> we hitch up our carts and we go from western town to western town selling them fairy tale medicines. Here's our interpretation of this piece of folklore. It'll cure your leprosy. Cure all. Old-fashioned fairy tale classification medicine cart. Doc Gordy. That doesn't work. Sure it does. Doc Gordon? Does that work there? I like Gordy. It's a very unwestern like name. Or just Doc Murphy. There you go. <laughs> Doc Murphy. All right, our story begins on a, uh, a famous island in the middle of the ocean called the Mountain of Flowers and Fruit. I've never heard of this island. It is famous. The story says so. Okay. It is a famous island called the Mountain of Flowers and Fruit because it has a mountain that has flowers and fruit on it. Has fruit, named fruit at least. on the trees or is this just free they, range fruit? Yeah, they have potatoes and that's like the fruit of the dirt. Is it like the, the fruit hat? Yes. <laughs> Everyone wears fruit hats there. That is how it got its title. Fruit of the dirt. <laughs> fruit of the looms failure. <laughs> Knock off fruit. Uh, <laughs> they, they tried to do stocks, but it just didn't, didn't work out. Uh, on top of this mountain, there was a magic stone slash boulder, and it sat alone at the very top. There was nothing else. No trees, no anything. Just a stone. No fruit. On top of this mountain. No or fruit flowers. whatsoever. No flowers even. Just this one stone. Uh, and because it was at the top of this mountain, since creation, it had been receiving the truth of heaven of how close it was to heaven, and uh, the beauty of earth, because of its connection to the earth, the essence of the sun, and the splendor of the moon. So it's eavesdropping on heaven. Yes. It's listening in to what they're, what they're talking about up there. Peeping it, on the earth, the, the moon, and the, the was sun. Was it supposed to be receiving all of these things? Whether or not it was supposed did to, it, it certainly was. Did it have that security clearance? Yeah, is this, or... the, is this the NSA? <laughs> <laughs> this, is the, this is the foundation hey, of the NSA. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> Their don't, origins are China. Don't say that. Well, 
I jumped the gun a little bit because it didn't start as magical. It was just a regular stone, just a regular oh. rock. But because of all this, it became magical. Okay. So it got all that stuff and became magical. And because it was magical, it developed a magical womb. Womb? Womb. Like womb. baby... Like a baby womb. Baby holster? Yep, that's where they put their babies. <laughs> okay. Because uh, it, it can just do that. Uh, one day, the, the womb burst forth a stone egg about the size of a ball, quote-unquote. Which so, ball? Like yeah, they doesn't soccer. specify. Just says about the size of a ball. So it laid an egg. Yeah. So... About the size of a ball. It's not a mammal. Well, you're stone about is, to find out. Stone is not mammal. Otherwise. It's... What? You're about, yeah, you heard me. Because when the wind started to blow on the egg, it took the shape of a stone monkey. So I don't, I don't know, know if that means like it eroded away into a stone monkey I shape. I don't know a lot about the reproductive habits of stones. <laughs> Nor am I a stone doctor. <laughs> That seems like a slim occurrence. Well, it's once-in-a-lifetime chance Stones, at the top of this mountain. Echidna, platypi, they're all the same family. The monkey was born with all five senses and four limbs. That's good. That's, it's hard to do, really, biologically. He, uh, he learned to move around eventually, and when he did so, he bowed to each of the four quarters of the world. So, north, west, east, and south. That was the first thing he decided to do when able to move around. Uh, when he bowed, two beams of golden light escaped his eyes and reached the Pole Star Palace in heaven, which startled the supreme heavenly sage, the greatly compassionate Jade Emperor of the Azure Vault of Heaven, which is his full title. I'd be startled if laser monkey eyes interrupted yeah. my evening in my sky palace. So in the middle of his day, Jade Emperor is just looking towards Earth and two beams of golden light shoot into his face. It's also a really nice business card. <laughs> His title? Yeah. I don't know that he necessarily needs one, being the Jade Emperor of Heaven. He doesn't He doesn't mix it up. I think people just know who he is. He doesn't go to networking events. <laughs> yeah. He sends interns to that. He's got to keep his LinkedIn profile up to date. Yeah. Okay. So he was startled by this, and uh, he asks his attendants, Thousand Mile Eye and Wind Accompanying Ear, to see what was causing the light. Their parents did not like them. So these two bros... One who can see real far and one who can hear real far work okay. together to figure out what's going on. Uh, they report back saying that the eye golden light was coming from the eyes of a magic stone monkey on top of the mountain. Spot on reporting. But I can see and hear real far. Since this has never happened before. What are their names? <laughs> Thousand Mile Eye okay. and Wind Accompanying Ear. I'm going to call is, them something else. Did they get these names before or after their powers of perception were discovered? Were that they... is quite a mouthful of a name. Can we call them something else? Looks far and hears far? I was, was going to say Bebop and Rocksteady. But... <laughs> Bebop and Rocksteady works just fine, I think. That is respectful to Chinese culture. <laughs> like, sorry, Chinese people. I don't like what you call your spirits or whatever. I'm going to call them stuff from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because ninjas, I understand. They report back and tell the Jade Emperor that it's coming from this monkey, but he had started to eat and drink from the earth, uh, so the light was starting to fade away. And the Emperor responds, Creatures down below are born of the essence of heaven and earth. There is nothing remarkable about him. So he just sort of says, yeah, it's just, whatever. just a magic monkey, whatever. It happens every day. Yeah. It's no concern of mine. I got better things to do. I guess the monkey just, at this point, just knows where he is. The monkey does? Yeah, like the monkey has sent his laser vision into you're, his You're saying that he called, his he's calling house. him out. No, I'm I'm saying the monkey knows Jade Emperor's location. 
But, but, but that's it. Well, did he see him or did he just shoot light? Because shooting light out of your eyes is not necessarily. I, I took it to mean that whatever his laser beam vision touches, he can see. <laughs> I don't know that that's that that quite the assumption. I don't yeah. know that that's true. I think what his laser vision touches lights up, kind of like a flashlight, but the flashlight mm. itself does not perceive okay. the light it casts. But does. And as far as I know, he only does this this one time. Like when he starts moving around, for some reason, golden light comes out of his face. Okay, so he he doesn't go around <laughs> doing that. To like the he's folks. not Cyclops. No, not yet. This is still just chapter one. Okay, I'm kind of assuming some Dragon Ball physics as well. You should. Back on the mountain, the Stone Monkey continued learning to live, like what it was to be alive. I got eating down. Oh, I got just figured out pooping. That's not a good one. <laughs> oh, don't like that one so much. Step two. <laughs> took a, took a lot like, to work out the digestive system. <laughs> kind of like the first part, better than the second half. <laughs> Should probably figure out breathing soon. Yeah, it's starting to get real rough. <laughs> Without that one. He learned to jump and run and eat and drink. He made friends with the wolves. He went around with the tigers and leopards. Not friends, though. They no, just he just out. went... Yeah, they just... When they're in the same yeah. area, he went around to yeah. establish his magic stone monkey dominance. Even better, he was on good terms with the deer. So they oh. just sort of like salute when they pass each other. Like, okay. good looking out, deer. He had uh, he had the other monkeys and the gibbons and the apes as his family. Makes he's, sense. he's adopted? Yes, he's adopted he... by the monkeys. Okay. Well, specifically he had the monkeys and apes for relations. Oh. So read into oh. that what you will. Oh, 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 well, he is figuring out living. Yes. <laughs> piece by piece, he's sorting this stuff out. The... Is he still stone? Yes, he's okay. still stone. Well, that's going to be uncomfortable. He's still a stone monkey. Um, the monkeys would all play games together, and when they were done, they would bathe in the mountain stream. Even and... the stone one? Yeah. Did he drown? No. He's stone. He figured out swimming, too. That's really <laughs> impressive. Fish, fish can breathe underwater. He's just learning living in general, not specific monkey living. Right. Sure, but he's made of stone. He's trying everything out. Does yeah. he need to breathe? He said he figured out breathing. Yeah. Right? Well, no, he I, made I that said, part out. Oh. I said he figured out breathing. That is never specified. <laughs> I'm, confusing, I'm confusing what we've inserted into this with what's actually happening. <laughs> uh, one day, while they're all bathing, one of the monkeys asks, I wonder where the water comes from. And another one responds, well, we've got nothing else to do today. Let's find its source. And they all cheer, and they run off uh, following the stream to see what where the water's coming from. Isn't that the life? Yeah. That's the monkey life, man. You think of a thing, and then you do it. Yeah. What else do we have to do today? We haven't nothing. thought of a thing before this thing. Well, we were just going to play more games after this, but... This is the only thing on the docket for the day, because it's the first thing we thought of. Let's... <laughs> That was what we did when I was seven, pretty much. <laughs> this it's is like, our whole day now. Yeah, it's like, what happens if we build a fire out here in the jungle? I don't know, let's do it. <laughs> See what happens. Uh, when they came to the end of the stream, they found a waterfall. Uh, one monkey concocted a challenge for the others, and he says, whoever can pass through this fall, find its source, and make it back, we'll make him our king. And uh, the other monkeys are like, yeah, sure, that sounds good. It's a good... That's as good a measure for rulership as any other fairy tale we've encountered. Yeah, go do this thing. Yeah, whoever does it, it the best gets to be in charge. Exactly. And they, they earned it. They are well equipped for the job at that point. Of kingship? Yeah. Through, I guess. Through, through physical endurance. <laughs> yeah. Water finding, sitting through haunted castles, boar hunting. All the marks of good rulership. Uh, so at this challenge, the stone monkey leapt forward and volunteered to the task. So he's got it in his druthers that he will be king. Happy. Is he the only one? 
I thought this was a competition. It was supposed to be, but he's the only one who volunteers. <laughs> this is a competition with myself. Maybe they were just trying to kill the monkey, or the, the most, stone monkey. The most difficult competition there is. Yes. I feel like that plan is going to backfire on them. You feel correctly. Spoilers. Sorry. I mean, I told you guys he is the monkey king. That sort of spoiled it before the chapter started. But So he dives through the waterfall, uh, but there isn't any water on the other side. There's no waves, there's no rocks. Instead, there's an iron bridge, like a cast iron bridge. Hmm. And across the bridge, he can see a house, which is like a stone house. And the story says, quote, it was a good place. This is Kame House. Yes, this is more or less Essentially. Kame House. <laughs> okay. You're, oh, you're yeah. catching on. If people have not... Like listening to this, have not seen Dragon Ball. They might, they might get, know. they might get really lost. Uh, so he moves towards the house, and uh, he can see a stone template that has uh, the words "Happy Land of the Mountain of Flower and Fruit, comma Cave Haven of the Water Curtain" written on it, just transcribed. So, so like a sign in front of the house. It's a good bed and breakfast name. Yeah. It's catchy. It rolls off the tongue. Yep. It's concise. And... You can tell because I said comma where there was a comma. <laughs> The stone monkey returns to all the other monkeys, and he tells them about the house he found, and how it can home thousands of them. Like, it's this huge house that can fit thousands of apes and monkeys in it, inside this waterfall. Cool. It's uh, fully stocked with furniture and plates and bowls and all other cutlery and stuff. Just this house in the middle of this were they, mountain. Were they on the hunt for a new crib? Well, he, he coerces them because he claims that if they move in, they're not going to have to put up with quote-unquote nonsense from heaven anymore. Uh, meaning they won't have to deal with rain or snow or thunder anymore. Rain is nonsense from heaven, if we've learned anything from living in Atlanta. Absolutely. Every time it happens, everyone forgets how to drive. So hearing this, you would definitely move into this rain stone house. Oh, I'm done with that nonsense. (laughs) I want to get around easier. Kind of like rain and snow and thunder, though. Well, you're not invited. Okay, that's fine. Stay out of our house. Enjoy 285. (laughs) Uh, so they all move into the house, they're all coerced, and uh, the stone monkey then passively-aggressively points out that uh, he kept up his end of the bargain, and no one's made him king yet. <laughs> hey guys, hey. I feel very much not like a king yet. Like, hey, uh, you moved into this sweet house I found, I should probably be king now, right? And uh, they all agree, and they, they deem him the great king of a thousand years. That's, the, that's your reign time, when you're done, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, they clock him in for that much time. It's a long term of office. Yeah. Well, he has made a stone, so I'm sure he can weather it. I guess they don't have to deal with it for that long. No, right. <laughs> just their children and their children's yeah. children. So if he's a bad king, they're just dooming future generations. They're just, and that's, they're that's just their kicking problem. responsibility down the generations. Yeah. His first decree as king is to make the word stone taboo. Uh, okay. So, so he's very sensitive about He is very that. sensitive about being stone, and no one else can mention it anymore. <laughs> Okay. And uh, then he goes on to rename himself the Handsome Monkey King. So he says, "Solid." <laughs> Screw think. your thousand years title. I'm handsome. <laughs> He's got a lot of insecurities he hasn't really worked through before <clears throat> this. Very much so. He is made of stone, though, so you can't really blame him that much. Or fight him. I or fight think, him. I would think being made of stone. Challenge him on that. He would be a lot more thick-skinned than your average monkey. But um, tish. That one was for you. Thank and, you. And yet, seems to have made him whinier. I think it's just put him in the position to oust the whininess mm. within. Oust the whininess within? Yes. That sounds like ancient Chinese wisdom <laughs> to me. Sounds like it to me. Uh, things are fine for a while, uh, a few years, with this monkey as king. Uh, he throws parties every night. 
Best king ever. And uh, they just play games during the day. This sounds like one of those companies that's like, hey, we're going to have a cool company culture and yeah. crickets to company. <laughs> he installs a cereal bar. We're going to drink alcohol at work. Oh, wait, our productivity shot. We're out of business. <laughs> Everyone gets razor <laughs> scooters. But what other business do they have? Like, what, what is on Why their agenda? Finding water, uh, whatever the first thought one monkey has that day. You know, real important business stuff. Issuing random challenges. Yeah. Sure. They have, they have water at the waterfall. I know, right they gotta find the out where it comes from still. He didn't, he really didn't yeah, he didn't, yeah, yeah. He didn't find the source, he just found a house in, instead. Which I guess they thought was just as good. Yeah. I mean, that is kind of a level up of, oh, where the water we already have comes he, from. He got, he got two thirds of the task done, which was to go through the waterfall and come back out. It's true. It's just that middle bit that's missing. But one night at a banquet, uh, the Monkey King just begins to weep, gets real down in the dumps, and is depressed. There's that insecurity coming out. Yeah. Uh, when some of his subjects ask him why, he tells them that though they're happy now, uh, he's worried about the future. Uh, his subjects tell him he's being too greedy and not to worry about the future because they have parties every night. They live on an island paradise. Uh, they live in a divine home inside of a magic cave. <laughs> Things are going good, Monkey King. You they greedy bastard. You <laughs> actually have a pretty strong argument. <laughs> like, Things are amazing. They're going to be amazing forever, Monkey King. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We're having another party tonight. We're literally in the middle of having a party. Chillax. You're always going to make it all about you. <laughs> Stop whining, Monkey King. Handsome Monkey King. Totally not made of stone. The Monkey King retorts that he is afraid of growing old, because while right now they do not live under the rule of the kings of beasts or the kings of humans, uh, one day they will live under the king of hell, who is human, I guess. Oh. Uh, so, Sounds kind of dire. Sounds... Where's he pulling this information from? He's just... There's just stuff he's heard. In the middle of... From where? They live in this house together. Maybe the deer told him. He's only... At the water cooler one day. He's only in good terms with them. Yeah. They, they pass that information along. They're like, listen, so, man, <laughs> wait. even though you don't invite us to our parties, wait. to your parties. Are the deer, like, door-to-door pamphlet, like, religious pamphlet givers? <laughs> hey, you got, you monkey guys, you better watch out, because one day you're going to get old, and then you'll be in hell. Seek salvation, monkey king, or you will live under the king of hell one day. Come to the deer god. <laughs> Here's a handy pamphlet, we'll clean your house if you want. He says one day they will live under the king of hell, and they will no longer have their own domain, and they all start crying when he tells them this. What a this bummer. This bums them out real bad. Way to, way to be a party pooper. Except for one of his Gibbon subjects, who calls forward and tells him that if he's thinking this far ahead, he's already begun the path to enlightenment. Like, if he has this much forethought, then surely he will become enlightened one day. Forethought in that. About his eternal fate. Like, what will happen after this world. Okay. So he's he's already thinking, like, what's going to happen. When so, I'm, he's, so he's when on I'm the going. right track. Right. Okay. Uh, he says that the Buddhas, the immortals, and the sages, who are all enlightened, uh, do not fall under the king of hell's jurisdiction, because they are outside of the wheel of reincarnation and are eternal. And are super cool. Who yeah. is this Rafiki Gideon? Where did he come from? <laughs> and why isn't he king? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he seems amazing. Seems, he knows his stuff. seems much more qualified to be king. But he didn't go through the waterfall, no. so that's on him. He's too old. So when he when he hears about this, he's delighted to know that he can possibly escape the fate of the king of hell. All you other monkeys, too bad. And he asks 
his subjects where they can be found, these, these immortals and Buddhas. And he says, only in the human world. So the monkey says, well, I'm leaving in the morning. <laughs> Don't want to be king anymore. You do it. Heck in my rucksack. Yep. Uh, he commands... Taking my handsome face on the road. He commands his subjects monkey to... Monkey king out. Yeah. He commands his subjects to build him a raft, because he's leaving in the morning. To... <laughs> but I'm still king until you finish this raft. <laughs> you got me down. And then I'm done. Because uh, he is going to search for the secret to eternal youth. Oh, good. In the human world. I, I don't... Is that the right answer to enlightenment? How just, about instead I just don't die ever? Yeah. Just push that off. Yeah. That is the reward to enlightenment. Is it? Sure. But he's Apparently. Seeking, he's seeking the reward and not the task of enlightenment itself. He's right. just like, I want... He just he just doesn't want to mess with the king of hell. He wants to go to the David Busters, buy the, the sticky hand prize, but just, not play the ski ball to earn it. He, he points at the Xbox and says, give me that. <laughs> no, I don't want to play 100 games of ski ball. Fire on your ski ball, sir. I don't want to play I it. I command an Xbox I don't One. need to play it. Um... Okay, this has been pretty light on laser beams so far. <laughs> it but started I'm, off heavy, yeah, and then they cooled down. But, on I'm, the laser but I'm holding beams. out hope. Uh, so he takes off, and he travels on his raft for a while, and he eventually comes upon a human settlement, and he starts to live among them. And they just don't notice that he's a <laughs> No, say. they definitely do, because he jumps out of his raft and starts, like, taunting them and making faces at them and good. freaking them out. That's <laughs> how you make start. friends. Yeah. That's how you yeah, introduce how yourself. It worked the with the deer. Is it just a display of dominance? <laughs> yeah. I guess. I'm moving on the path to the rewards for enlightenment. <laughs> so he he comes upon these fishermen and freaks them out, and they all start running around, <laughs> dropping their nets and everything. And uh, so he starts to chase one, <laughs> who is not a particularly fast runner, the story notes. And the stone monkey is? Yes. <laughs> Faster okay. than this man, apparently. Okay. Uh, because he catches him and strips him nude. Okay. And uh, puts his clothes on so that he can look like a human. So his first step on the path to the reward for enlightenment. Yeah. I'm not going to say path to enlightenment. Right. I don't think that's his goal at all. Is to denude a man and steal his clothes. Yep. Is to commit identity theft. So that he can better live among the humans. Good start. It's regular theft and identity theft. Was that's, it how, that's how Jesus of, did it. Yep. That's, that is exactly how Jesus did it. Fishermen and all. Yep. Uh, well, a little might have been a little different. <laughs> I think there was less chasing of fishermen. But How much nudity remember a whole lot from the bible i mean there's a little bit in the beginning but then once we figure out what nudity means it the amount goes downhill there's just there could have been nudity but they were ashamed to mention it so they just focused on the fish <clears throat> he lives in this human settlement for a while and he starts to learn human language and human behavior so he starts acting less like a monkey and is sort of carrying himself as a man as he lives in this settlement okay so this the clothing has completely concealed the fact that he's a stone monkey. Yes, even no though... One, no one has clued in. Even though for a while he could not speak and was moving like a monkey. He was yeah. just a feral man. Oh, he... He looks a little weird, but he's wearing fisherman's clothes, so he's gotta be... He's, he's gotta just, be human. He's just got the rickets. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. He's suffering from dysentery. Uh, once he does learn language, uh, he starts always asking people about Buddhas, about immortals, about sages, and about eternal life. Like, where can I find them? Yeah, like, hey, have you heard about any of this stuff? Dude, dude, I just sell bread. 
I don't know what you're... Dude, give me back my clothing. <laughs> Dude, I've been naked for months. That was my only set of clothing. I'm a poor fisherman. I have to I have to walk home naked all the time. I don't know shit about a turtle life. I just, I just know a, about fish. I just want eternal pants. Give them back. <laughs> eternal pants. Asking about eternal life, um, he finds that the humans are all too concerned with fame and fortune to consider what happens to them after this life. I'm going to be the most famous new fisherman that ever sailed the sea. This is my gimmick now. <laughs> so nobody cares about what their fate is. They just want to get rich and be awesome in this life. Uh, so the Monkey King gets fed up and leaves and just goes traveling. With the fisherman's pants. Yes, still with the clothing. Does not return those <laughs> upon leaving. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. So he travels across the world for about eight years, just crossing oceans and forests and trying to figure out this eternal life stuff and not making much headway. One day he comes upon another majestic mountain, much like his home, but different, and it has a lush forest at its base, and he hears a voice singing about immortals in the forest. The vegetables and ferns? Yes. It's all they got there. And there's a stone man at the top. This would be very hard to get here all your food groups <laughs> you have to travel across the world yeah. to get a balanced breakfast the mountain yeah. of, of grains and meats <laughs> like where's your and the mountain of dairy like, and fats like where's your protein and mountain? the big rock candy mountain for dessert <laughs> yeah that's the good one <laughs> that's the enlightenment mountain that's candy. the one you're aiming for yeah, that's, that's the top of the pyramid the mountain of candy and also pancakes <laughs> oh it's a good mountain it is a Pan- good mountain. Pancakes with candy inside of them. He, uh, he rushes off into the forest to find where the singing is coming from. Uh, and in there, he meets a singing woodcutter who is singing about immortals. And the, the monkey king assumes that he is immortal and says, I wish to be your disciple. Teach me what you know. And he's like, man, I'm just a woodcutter. Oh, this, <laughs> I, this I learned, isn't a... I learned this song in, in elementary school. Yeah, exactly. This isn't a story where he thinks he wants to become a woodcutting disciple and no. they spend the rest of his life. <clears throat> the woodcutter does not take him up on that offer. He, he just tells bad. him the truth right off the bat. It's like, I can't I can't even cut enough wood to like make ends meet, man. I'm not immortal. <laughs> Don't take my clothes. Uh, and the monkey king says, well, you, you're singing about immortals. Where'd you learn that stuff? The woodcutter says that his neighbor is an immortal. Oh. <laughs> I'm not immortal, but the guy right over there is. Yeah. You got the wrong house. That's where I heard about all this also, stuff. Also, he never cuts his grass down to the, <laughs> to the level, and his, and his, his tree branch... dog keeps pooping on my lawn. His tree branch keeps hanging over my house. What sort of, like, homeowner society complaints <laughs> do you levy against an immortal, do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Probably just throw them out, I would think. I don't think anything you could come up with is gonna trump. This man is, is an enlightened immortal. Like, keep your dog off of my lawn. I'm a Buddha. Shut up. <laughs> do what I want. And so is my dog. <laughs> my dog is a dog Buddha. They drive around in cars with the, the, the stickers that say, My dog is more enlightened than your honor school student. Oh, I wanted them to drive around in a motorcycle and a sidecar together. <laughs> that, that bumper sticker could be on the sidecar. They do that on weekends. Okay. As long as, long as the dog can ride in the sidecar. I want to ride in a sidecar. It sounds like fun. <laughs> Does it sound enlightening? Uh, Maybe. So I think it has the potential to be enlightening. What step on the path to enlightenment is that? Ride in sidecar. <laughs> uh, I would say I, it's probably step eight, based on what I know about sidecars. <laughs> what do you know about sidecars? About what we've covered. Okay. Well, that's a good place to put it then, <laughs> based on that knowledge. 
the Monkey King asks where he can find the immortal, and the woodcutter uh, graciously provides directions to his house, which is in a cave. Another cave house. Cave houses is where, where it's at when you're it's alone. Where, it's where cool people hang out. It's like the mid-century modern uh, enlightenment. He also tells the Monkey King that uh, the immortal's name is Patriarch Sabuti. Just so he knows before he goes in cool. who to address. I want my title to be Patriarch. <laughs> be immortal. I want that on a business card, Ride in a sidecar. You some, gotta follow... Play some skee-ball. Follow the path. Follow regulations. Skee-ball right? sidecar. We made these rules for a reason. Patriarch. I'm getting that on a business card somehow. <laughs> or a resume. We have a lot of business cards to, to make after this and the last episode. Uh, the Monkey King eventually finds the cave that the Patriarch and his disciples dwell in. He is welcomed inside by one of the junior members, a young boy who is learning under the Immortal as well, because uh, the boy said he was expected. The Immortal oh. knew that someone would be outside his door, specifically when the Monkey King was seeking enlightenment. So the Immortal in. has security cameras. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Throughout the forest, tracking this monkey's movement. <laughs> he comes inside, he is welcomed by the Patriarch, is told that he can stay to hear the teachings and to learn to cultivate his conduct, which is an important part on the path to enlightenment. Say that again. He is taught to cultivate his conduct. Cultivate his conduct. Stop stealing clothes from fishermen. <laughs> Step one. Stand <laughs> up straight. Part, part of me is trying to like book. actually glean some wisdom from the story. I'm just like, wait, what did he say? What did the immortal say? What do I have to do? How do I meet the Jade Emperor? How many games of skee-ball? <laughs> It's all, that's the, the basic, it's the measurement unit. This is, one, this is three skee-ball okay, game of ski-ball. points. So the monkey joins everyone, gets ready to hear his lesson for the day. But the patriarch says that he first must introduce himself to everybody. It's like a Alcoholics first day of, anonymous. No, like a first day of camp thing. Like or everybody that. says their name, what they one bring to One interesting fact about yeah, them. exactly. So you yeah. can all learn each other's names. Then they play icebreakers. Exactly. Uh, and he says he has to say his name and where he's from. Uh, is this Enlightenment Anonymous? <laughs> yes. This is the first official meeting of Enlightenment Anonymous. Uh, the king claims to hail from the Mountain of Flowers and Fruit, and the patriarch orders him to be thrown out because he's obviously lying. Because that's like wow. continents away. There's no way he can be from there. You're already off to a bad start. You're <laughs> lying to the patriarch. Yeah, he like one offense and he's just out. <laughs> yeah. He's out of the club. That's kind of a big assumption on that part. The patriarch doesn't know how long he's been traveling. Well, that's what the Monkey King says. He starts to protest, uh, saying that I, I don't have a name. That's where I'm from. Uh, I don't have a name. I'm not, I, I wasn't born from parents. No one gave me a name. I had to give myself the name Handsome Monkey King. <laughs> So that like, no one gave me a name, but I call myself Handsome Monkey King. Check this profile. Oh, yeah. He says that he was instead born of heaven and earth at the top of the mountain from a magic stone, and that he has traveled for about a decade to reach the patriarch here. Uh, the patriarch hears this and conceals his delight, knowing that the, the Monkey King is actually uh, magical in origin. He's done a real 180. Yeah. He, he hears that and he gets pretty psyched about it. Uh, so he decides to take him on as a disciple, and uh, he will bestow a name upon him, both a personal and surname. Uh, the Monkey King is then deemed Sun Wukong. Pretty presumptuous, really. Sun Wukong. Sun Wukong, which means monkey awakened to emptiness. It's pretty cool, actually. So yeah, he's he's pretty stoked to get this name. Uh, and with this, Sun Wukong begins his training under the Patriarch, and further adventures await him in other chapters. To be continued. To be continued. So you're going to read other chapters on other weeks when I 
can't find bad fairy. That is the plan, to continue the adventures of this crazy monkey king as he learns magic and becomes a devil. Spoilers. What? What? And then goes to heaven. Spoilers. What are you... Why are you spoiling everything? You are the spoiler magnet, and now you're spreading the disease. But those aren't even the interesting parts of those chapters. Oh. Like, that's the setup to what he does. <laughs> like, what he does after that is the cool stuff. Okay. Yeah, so, that is chapter one. It still made a lot more linear sense. Than most of our blue yeah. fairy tale. This is part of a novel, technically. Yeah. It is mythological, um, but it is a novel. So it had a story structure going to it. on so far. But there was some weird stuff that occurred. Yeah, it gets a little crazy. He was born from a magic stone womb. He was. How are these other monkeys getting by without a king? It's an excellent question. You just abandoned... I imagine they were conquered by the deer. <laughs> the deer came without, by with pamphlets again. Like, without hey, a leader, they just like infiltrated their, their about, cool... About deer god. Yeah. Oh, I see you don't have the monkey king. That's the our house now. They put the idea of the king of hell into the monkey king's head. And set him off on this quest to, to avoid it. Yeah. So they could take And over performed a coup d'etat. <laughs> their cool house. Yeah, so taking, this over, is... taking control of the mountain of flowers and fruit. So this is kind of like ancient Chinese Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> It is exactly ancient Chinese Home Alone, sort of. Which is probably the title of this episode. <laughs> All of the monkeys were setting up paint bucket traps <laughs> to, keep, to keep the deer out. And the <laughs> blowtorch. The deer Joe Pesci. Yeah, and there's just other a guy who was in the movie whose name I don't remember. Yeah, I don't either. I can never remember that guy's the name. The taller one. Joe Pesci's the important. Exactly. Joe Pesci and Joe Pesci's sidekick. Yep. And they are saved by a wolf with a snow shovel. Yeah, he's he's super bros with the wolves in the first part, but that does not pan out at all. No, it doesn't really do much for him. They don't hang They're just out. tight. They don't chill. Yeah. He doesn't invite them over to his cool parties. I mean, they, right now. they probably did. It just wasn't important to the story and was so... left out. We I'm, can assume that I'm assuming... they, they got an invite. I'm going to assume. I'm assuming that like, the Jade Emperor comes back. Oh, definitely. That and was, was and wasn't just like, oh, don't worry about that monkey. That was absolutely foreshadowing. Okay, <laughs> that which is why I left it in. A lot more thought into this story than a lot of the stories we read. Yeah, we like, just get backshadowing. Oh wait, Act- I wrote that. I need to actual yeah, the foreshadowing. Fact, the fact that the Jade Emperor like sort of dismisses this monkey as not amounting to much is important to the overall story. The monkey has something to prove. Yes, he was dismissed in his mm. moment of birth kind of not that he knows that <laughs> unless he knows, unless he does have he knows golden light vision as gordy has proposed he knows it deep in his heart <laughs> that he was shunned by the jade emperor it's it's kind of uh, uh. equivalent to when you get the the hiccups and supposedly that's because someone said something mean about <laughs> you somewhere yeah. This story is the monkey's quest to get rid of his hiccups because the Jade Emperor dismissed him. <laughs> the Jade Emperor slash... Enlightenment is a metaphor for having hiccups. Enlightenment is or a metaphor getting for getting rid of hiccups. Enlightenment <laughs> is a metaphor for drinking water upside down. Yeah. So wandering wandering so through life unenlightened and burdened by earthly attachments is the hiccups. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense. Um, we're, the Jade Emperor is Kame. Right? Is that, what, is that what's going on? Kami? Kami. Yeah. Well, there's Kami and there's Kame. It's all Dragon Ball Geo attack battle to me. Or would it be... Because a... Roshi is Kame, like the Kame house. Yeah, I mean, Kami. 
I mean, the god. Yes. Sort of, yeah. Yes. Yeah, he, he, he presides. Cock? He presides over heaven. So. Okay. I'm. That's. That's. I'm just picturing. I would. I would say more on the chi end of the spectrum. Okay. <laughs> Trying to get a, a sense of a baseline, rel- like the relative power. Yeah. Is the monkey king Goku? Yes. Monkey. Yeah. Oh, that's they, what I'm picturing. They share a surname, son. Oh. oh yeah, they do. And Goku and Wukong are not dissimilar names. There is a, a noticeable lack of eating. What do you mean? The they monkey. partied every night. I know, but they, they, they didn't specifically point out the Monkey King's racial. Well, I didn't specifically pick it, point it out, and that is my oh, that is my is fault. It, is it in the original? It is like yeah. They they the parties are banquets. It's like when you read a so it's book. Like the Red Wall Banquet. Exactly. Like but every you read night. A book, they don't tell you all the times the character stops to eat <laughs> and go to the bathroom. It doesn't mean it's not happening. Well, when you watch Dragon Ball Geo Attack Battle, they do mention Goku's eating habits. They do. Frequently. This is true. So I'm just I'm trying to find out how much <clears> equivalency there is between the two, with my very limited knowledge of both Dragon Ball Geo Attack Battle and and this Chinese and, myth. Yeah. How many chapters are there? A hundred. Oh yeah, you said that. We're not going to read all. So we have read one percent. Yes. We know one percent of the story. Yeah. I think we're going to skip ahead to five. So we're going to do... And I'll give you a synopsis of what happened in the interim. But... kind of what you do with Dragon Ball. Yeah. <laughs> Let's gonna skip these I'm gonna three. skip the filler. They're all one fight that's yeah. not important. Yeah. <laughs> skip the filler and get to the good chunks. That's where he got it from. Monday Toriyama. <laughs> Um, I don't have a lot of questions about this one. I don't either. They partially because I know one percent of the story. <laughs> that's that's part of it. Uh, and it was it was pretty straightforward. Is there symbolism behind him? Say stripping the fisherman. Is that a euphemism? He stripping stripped, the fisherman. He stripped the fisherman. He took all his clothes off. Is there he symbolism? Did. First, he scared the crap out of him. Right. Like he jumped off of his raft and just started freaking out and scared all the fishermen away. Like maybe. Maybe the path or the journey to enlightenment frightens the layman and makes him feel exposed. Perhaps. Bom, bom, bom. If I know anything about the Chinese, it all has to be geared like, in. It, has, it all has to be cryptic. It's all got to tie back into the path to enlightenment. I'm just used to bullshitting artist statements. So that's <laughs> what I'm doing here. It's your skill that you're bringing to bear. Yeah. Oh, I painted some feathers because I wanted to paint feathers. How do I make this sound deep so that my art teacher will... Will give me a passing grade. Will walk by and... So, that's my contribution. Thanks, four years of college. <laughs> that's what it was good for. That's what you got out of it. Cool. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, I don't have too much for this one. No other thoughts on the mountain that he hails from or the house that they found? Who put that house there and why? I do want to know where the water comes from. Yeah, we never did. I feel like they raised this question, and then they just forgot about it. Just got distracted. Yeah, like their their underground Kame house. (laughs) They can house thousands of monkeys and apes and gibbons. How much personal space do monkeys really care to have, though? Well, he is a king, so I assume that he had a throne room to himself. Or at least his own bedroom. Yeah. And first dibs on the bathroom. So so that's two rooms out of this house, and the other remaining rooms have to fill 999 monkeys. I mean, they, they stay pretty close, though. How, like, what, how do they, like, host house parties at this house full of monkeys? They also have a lot more vertical access than sure. humans so do. Sure, that's, 
They have a frat house. Yeah. Yeah. It's an animal house, house, literally. Yeah. You can fit two layers of monkeys comfortably in any room. Is is this a metaphor for college? <laughs> How do you know that? Your floor layer and then your ceiling layer, because they climb all the time. How do you know that, Jane Goodall? Did you put a bunch of monkeys in a house and see what happened? I'm just saying, given the knowledge I have of monkey climbing habits... You can comfortably fit two layers of monkeys. Maybe even three. You could comfortably fit them, but they're going to want to do stuff. They will move around and trade spaces. So this is this is like it's like a Rubik's Cube of monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> if, so it's, you're constructing. if it's a nine or ten foot ceiling place, like this, like fancy houses tend to be, you might even get three layers of monkeys. Maybe. I don't how, how do monkeys fit on a middle layer? Do they just do they barrel of monkeys their way across <laughs> to the other wall? They I can, like to think this so. Is a, this is a fancy... Maybe they have nets. Set up all the nets that you have at the zoo. Because this is a fancy... Where'd so they get those? This, so this is a house, fancy house by so this, monkey standards. This house what came fancy set house? up specifically for monkeys. What fancy house what has nets in it? This is a fancy house from their perspective. Oh, from the perspective of from monkeys. From a monkey perspective. But you, but you are postulating that this house has been pre-set up specifically for monkey living. We have no evidence to the contrary, and the monkeys saw it and they said, well, this is a sweet-ass house. And for monkeys, that usually includes nets and stuff to climb on. We kind of do have evidence to the contrary, because it has furniture and bowls and plates and shit in it. It has monkey furniture. It didn't say that. I think this is some Goldilocks nonsense, and we just never met the actual owner of the house yet. <laughs> maybe that's... Yeah, maybe that's part of the main plot. Maybe the owner of the house comes... To reclaim it. Maybe they found And there's a thousand monkeys in it. <laughs> like, what do you... Like, that would be a good... I do think you a better fairy tale. <laughs> Goldilocks. And then the thousand monkey house. <laughs> like, the three bears come back. A thousand monkeys have moved in. They go find another house because it's not And they're not jumping working. on the bed. <laughs> we, like, we did not get the insurance for this. Yeah. New forest house, guys. You call up travelers and they say we don't deal with monkeys but they ate our porridge what kind of like pest control call is that like hey i have a thousand monkeys in my house i want there to be none (laughs) how quick can you get here well i live in the middle of a mountain under a waterfall it's fourth of july weekend no one's coming out (laughs) not till monday you're gonna deal with these monkeys till monday I think I think a weekend is all. When it there's takes. one monkey, there's a thousand. I I think you're if, infested. Yeah, if you see one monkey, there's probably a thousand more. I think if a thousand monkeys have moved anywhere, it is safely their territory at that point. <laughs> I don't know what short of just gassing could dislodge them. We don't care what it says on your deed. <laughs> this is our house now. We we approve on your deed. <laughs> just squatters' rights. Yeah. That's what they're exercising. They were here first. Sort of. Sort of. They conquered first. Yes. And maintained that for a couple of years of sweet partying. So there's the dynasty warriors for you, Gordy. They have secured that that area. Before the Monkey King had an existential crisis. That base has been secured. Home alone. Yes. This is a metaphor for college. Kind of. Like they have their party frat house. And then the Monkey King starts Takes wondering... Takes ten years off to find himself. Starts wondering about... <laughs> <laughs> the economy shit. 
<laughs> I'm just going to water the world I and have, steal fish. I have some food. serious water lust. I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, start thinking about life after graduation like, oh, and no. endeavors to do well. I can't do, I don't have a, a job. I didn't do enough internships. Never finished his bachelor's. Decided to travel the world instead. I guess it, it is kind of a Buddhism thing to give up your responsibilities because they are yet another worldly tie, which is sort of a, a foreign concept to mm-hmm. what we've been schooled from the beginning, which is sit down, shut up in this chair, and do these worksheets because we said so. This is this is your existence. <laughs> Deal with it. But once you enter the job course, it'll be the exact same thing. <laughs> Makes sense. So my, to me. my first impulse was, how is enlightenment? How is the first step to enlightenment? Just like, screw my king duties. Bye, guys. <laughs> oh, wait. No, that's still a worldly attachment. Maybe I should do that. <laughs> <laughs> Just go start asking people if they know any immortals. Yeah. Like, what's... <laughs> what do you know about eternal youth? Can I think you... they did that a lot in the, like, the, what do you call it? Cortez and those guys. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what they were up to. I mean... Ponce de Leon. Yeah, looking Green. for the fountain of youth. And also gold. Also gold. I mean, where there's one, there's probably the other. That's true. If you're going to live forever, you might as well do it rich. You might as well have a bunch of gold. It would be it kind of shitty to live forever in poverty. This is true. <clears throat> do we have any closing thoughts? Any Arn Thompson to put upon this story? Um, Arn Thompson-wise? Yeah. I mean, we got the Thousand Monkey House. Go west, my son. Sure, that fits in there. Um, whatever Arn Thompson classification. There's probably a girl playing with bread at a wedding. Probably. They had a lot of parties. I'm sure one of them was a wedding. I'm having trouble believing, but I'm assuming there is not this Arn Thompson classification because we haven't come across it yet. There should be one for earn royal status through miscellaneous task. That is all stories. <laughs> that is everyone. It's a that is the very story. That's the hero's journey. That's the hero's journey. Do random tasks, become king. <laughs> Take that, Joseph Campbell. Knocked your thesis down by a couple hundred thousand words. <laughs> Wrote that big don't, old book. Don't insult Joseph Campbell. I love him more than Chinese food. <laughs> That's saying something. I know. I would implicitly trust anything Joseph Campbell told me. Anything? Yeah, it's like jump off a bridge. You'll really like it. All right, Joseph Campbell, yeah, you gonna, have spoken. I was going to say, I'm sure he could abuse that in some very interesting ways. <laughs> but he wouldn't because he is wonderful. Gotcha. Also currently dead. I was going right. to say, I think he also passed away, so... Did he? He did. Did he? He did. Did he? he just enter the belly of the whale? As far as we literally... Or is he an immortal? Is he? I couldn't tell you. As part of the hero's journey is transformation through death. It is. So I'm choosing to believe that's just the part of the hero's journey he's on. And then there'll be the return home, and then we will have tea parties. If you did ask Joseph Campbell for advice on what to do, how psyched do you think he'd be? To give advice? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm the mentor in this story. From what I've seen of him, I think he'd be into it. Uh, But do you think that was his favorite part of the journey? Being the mentor? Yeah. What do you think his favorite part of the hero's journey is? Being the mentor is less a part of the hero's journey and more of a Jungian archetype that is often featured within the hero's journey. Right. I don't know. He would... I don't know him I don't personally. Know. I, I, can't, I can't even begin to speak for I, Joseph Campbell. I think Campbell. all of it, because that's kind of his approach to mythology and religion, is loving all of it everywhere. He was very uh, verbose about it. Oh, I know. <laughs> I've, I've watched... 
power of myth, I don't know how many times. So what do you guys think of the Monkey King as a monkey? As a monkey? Yeah. Um, and as a character. I was going to say as a person, but he's not a person. He wants not to yet. be really badly. He's, yeah, he's not doing a great job of monkeying around. He was for a while. He's, I he played know. games all day long. And he's, then they, I think he's becoming a worse monkey yeah, as time the story goes on. goes on. But as a character, is he an interesting guy? I think so. Yeah. I mean, he's got your character flaws of angst. He, he is a stone magical monkey with laser eyes. Stone magical so monkey. So that's a, that's a good starting eyes, point. Heavy insecurities, fear of growing old. Well, he, it's less fear of growing old and more fear is, of the king of hell. Right, but he's at first afraid of growing old, and it's because of the king of is hell. He, yeah. Is he Bender? There are Bender qualities. From Futurama. Yeah. He's a little bit Bender, I think. Defend your thesis. So I think I think Stone Magical Monkey is basically mythology speak for robot. <laughs> That's close enough. I think, sure. I think, I think Golem is mythology speak yeah. for robot. Don't okay. Don't nitpick this too much. I mean, he's kind of a golem, sort of. Yeah. He's a stone golem, kind of. Yeah. But he's not Jewish. And he doesn't have the words written in his head telling him no. what to do. Okay. He just has maybe angst. maybe he's not fine. I was angst gonna do and laser beams. Gonna do a bit, but never mind. <laughs> no, go. Could have been a whole. Nope, it's gone now. It's done. Killed it. Sorry. <laughs> Ten forty-nine p.m. Post time. The time. The time. The bullet was put in the head of the great crater bit that <laughs> never just, was. We just clocked it. <laughs> time of death. <laughs> so are we good? I think so. You guys, get what you wanted from this. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm eager to learn more. In I'm the interested to hear more of it, right. actually. Yeah, I think this will be a good ongoing thing. You know what? Let's go to Mexico next week. Mexico? Let's go to Mexico. Ooh, for real? Yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> actually, no. <laughs> well, dash those dreams as soon as they arrive. We don't have time for that. Uh, let's read The Greenish Bird. The Greenish Bird. <laughs> the green. Oh wow, I'm into that title. <laughs> where Where is that from? Mexico. You know? It is from Mexico. It's, yeah. It's... Okay. Oh, I get it. Yeah, we're not, we're not hopping <laughs> on a plane. I really was slow on the uptake for that joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and uh, join us next time for the Greenish Bird. Or don't. We're or don't. Cops. We can't make you. But please do. I'd prefer you did. I, I would, but I'm just pointing out we can't actually bake them. No. I'm developing a way. Oh. <laughs> Are you? <laughs> forced podcast listenership. Yeah. It's like a forced podcast listenership. Mm-hmm. Uh, it will be entering <laughs> the water supply uh, in the coming weeks, so look forward <laughs> so to that. Stay hydrated. Stay hydrated, folks. Thanks, Dr. Horrible. <laughs> This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have any feedback for us, you can leave it either by Gmail or Facebook. Our Gmail account is wtfolklore at gmail.com, and our Facebook page can be found at facebook.com 
slash WT Folklore. Feel free to send in stories if you have any particularly odd pieces of folklore or mythology that you would like to hear us talk about. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales.